tell you about life back then. Welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast, where we're all about cinematic connections. Each week, we're discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast. I'm Zach Brooks, and I'm joined for the 131st time, and for the first time in like uh, almost a week and a half, by Brendan Fitzpatrick. Yes. Can, can you hear me? Can you hear me, Zach? Am I coming in clear? Yes, uh, I believe so. I, I believe we do not have a problem, Houston. Good. Uh, yes, uh, last week we discussed hidden figures, and this week, due to a NASA space flight connection, we will be discussing Richard Linklater's 2022 animated film that just came out on Netflix, uh, I think in February or April. Hit Netflix in uh, April, and I watched it a couple days after it came out. So yeah, nice. Hit Netflix in April. That is Apollo ten and a half. It is the story of the Apollo eleven. Colon space age childhood. Space space age childhood, uh, which maybe could be like our title connection as well Mm -hmm. at some point. Uh, Space age childhood. Yes, we are talking about a space age childhood this week, and. uh, then, at the end of the episode, we'll pick our next movie based on suggestions sent in from you, the listeners, and ones that we brought as your hosts. We will be spoiling Apollo 10 and a half, so if you haven't seen it, it is streaming on Netflix and only on Netflix, uh, mm-hmm. which I knew d- did create problems for a couple people, a couple of the regulars who weren't able to get to it. Uh, but hopefully you did get around to seeing it, and uh, or you want to watch it, and then come back and listen to this podcast. Uh, but if you just want to skip ahead, here we're going to be watching next week then uh, you can do so using the timestamp in the description of this podcast. So, yep. uh, and as always, you can submit your feedback, ratings, questions, and suggestions at LadderMovie on Twitter, TheMovieLadder at gmail.com, and uh, Letterbox the Movie Ladder. Brennan, we saw each other in person this week. Yeah, very briefly, but yes, we did. Yeah, yes. we saw it. We had, a we couple of night. embarrassing photos taken, but uh, yeah, it was, it was a good time. Uh, yes. It was nice uh, to catch up with you a little bit. We didn't get to do an in-person podcast or anything like that, mm-hmm. um, but we did get a chance to uh, we did get a chance to throw a couple back and talk about all of our favorite childhood memories, right? Yes, uh, we 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 did a lot of reminiscing that night. Um, so it was kind of funny to see a movie that's all about memories. So. Yes, it is. Um, and uh, did you get around to watching any movies this week? I watched a grand total of eleven movies between 11. the last that's time we talked. Hit- when you hit double digits, right? Yeah, it's it's very rare that I do in a week, but um, I had a couple days with the holiday where I was just woke up, went for a walk, and then came home and watched movies all day. And um, I went through 11 different movies, a couple documentaries that I'm not really counting, so really 12, 13 if you really count it. But um, look at you, not counting 11, documentaries. I'm not. I'm not counting everything that I watched. But um, eleven solid movies that I put uh, into my letterbox diary, and that makes it really, really hard to say what the best thing I watched this week was, Zach. Um, and it's actually funny. So the last time we recorded was uh, June 27th, and right after we got done with the podcast, I did my Criterium tick for that week. And watch the uh, Karastavi film Certified Copy mm-hmm. for Letterbox for that for Criterion Challenge that week, and that may still be the best movie that I've watched in nine days. Um, this movie is from 2010, and it stars uh, Juliette Binoche, and it is it's basically think about if before midnight. 
had yeah. a sequel mm-hmm. that was take that took place about 15 years after where before midnight took off so before midnight and being the third movie being, being the third in the before trilogy like okay. you could call this the fourth before movie um, the characters are very similar to the characters in the War Trilogy, um, especially with their relationship and the problems they're in. Um, I don't it's, I don't really want to give anything away about the plot, but this was mm-hmm. totally a vibes movie. Mm-hmm. And it's all about a couple working through their strange relationship. And I really it, this movie was a slow burn. I wasn't really into it for the first 20 to 30 minutes as I was trying to figure out what happened or what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's a little confusing to start with because you're not really sure what the relationship between these two people is. And then once you realize, you know, what, what their relationship is and right. that a lot of their relationship is built on um, this copy paste version of themselves that they're living through as they try to work through the problems of their marriage um is really really fantastic um i i thought it was really well made um the the soundtrack and score is really beautiful um all of the locations are really beautiful as they go around uh different parts of um france and it's it's a really really good movie um yeah definitely recommend it it's streaming on the criteria collection um so yeah that's probably the best thing i watched this week and, then, and it was like a week and a half ago that you watched. Yeah, and it was a week and a half ago. Um, one other fun thing I watched that I thought I'd bring up because I know that um, we're big fans of time travel and science fiction on this right. podcast. And I watched, so uh, Monday night, I watched a brief documentary that's about a little over an hour long called A Brief History of Time Travel. Ah, it's on it, my list. Yes. Yep, it goes through um, basically the concept of time travel and how it came about in both ancient culture, its origins in ancient culture, and the way that time travel has both been science fiction and then also some of it based in science fact throughout modern history. Um, And uses of science fiction, or uses of time travel in modern science fiction. It It was a really fun documentary. Like, I wouldn't say it was great, but there are some really good talking heads from um, different physicists and scientists like uh, Bill Nye is a frequent talking head on it and a couple other really well-known scientists. Um, I, I really enjoyed it, um, but it's like it's not like a five-star documentary, mm-hmm. but it was fun for what it was. I wish it had been longer and been able to go more in-depth into what it was talking about. But mm-hmm. um, it was a very broad brush uh discussion of the history of time travel nice uh i do not have that movie on my watch list i don't know i think maybe there's like an episode of dark called the brief history of time travel or something or you may have uh, a brief history of time which is a different movie ah could be yeah, yeah. maybe that's what it is um yes yeah, that one's a stephen Hawking movie but mm. um cool all right double recommendations from brendan yeah, best thing you watched this week uh it is a tough choice for me for what the best thing i watched this week was uh because i watched some very fun things you know of course it was fourth mm-hmm. of july so you can probably figure out a couple of those um but i'm gonna go with a movie that made me think the most and every time i see it this movie makes me think i think this is my second or third time i've seen this this is uh originally with stanley kubrick was taken over by steven spielberg when stanley kubrick died uh yeah. that is ai artificial intelligence uh starring Haley joel osmond and a whole bunch of other people including jude law 
and this is a long movie and it's, you know, very much like a science fiction version of Pinocchio, essentially mm -hmm. uh, references Pinocchio a ton throughout this movie. And the only reason why I don't know how much of a connection to Pinocchio it is, is because I've never read the book Pinocchio. So right. it's really hard for me to compare it to, I can only compare it to like the Disney cartoon, which I know right. it's not the same. Um, but I, I had been wanting to revisit this after I watched After Yang. Um, and I, there's a few movies I wanted to watch after After Yang, mm. after After Yang. And uh, <laughs> AI was one of them. Uh, and Haley Joel Osment was just so good and creepy and weird in yeah. this movie. And this movie is a really good mix of weird and um, it just like not what you would expect from Spielberg. It's dark. It's brooding. Mm. Um, it, I mean, you know, Spielberg has some dark movies like Schindler's List. And then he obviously has like the scary blockbusters like Jurassic Park and Jaws. But he really doesn't have anything else that's kind of this level of like, yeah, like Black Mirror horror. Really. Yeah, it's sort of like if you took Close of the Encounters of the Third Kind and the concept and like the childhood True. trauma mm -hmm. of E.T. Yeah. and mashed them together. Mm -hmm. Like I, yeah. I it, tonally at least. Um, AI is a movie I saw in theaters when it came out. Um, I don't think I've seen it since, but I it's been on my list to rewatch for a really long time. Um, but I, I really want to revisit it. Um, yeah, it's good. It, I think it's really good. I, I, it didn't get a lot of love when it first came out, mm -hmm. and I think it's because people were expecting a Steven Spielberg movie, and this is much closer to a Stanley Kubrick movie. It's right. It is not 2001: A Space Odyssey, which uh, probably will be talked about in just a couple <laughs> minutes here. Um, but it. It kind of deals with a lot of the same ideas and it's right. really like there's, there's some parts in the middle that are kind of drag a little bit but the beginning and the end i just think are so strong and it, it really does feel like watching a black mirror episode um mm -hmm. like a long black Mirror, like a long episode of good black mirror um yeah. and yeah i i would recommend if you, if you haven't seen ai it's not streaming right now i'm sure it'll be back on streaming at some point so when it's yeah. back on streaming maybe see it um uh, you know, or maybe we'll end up picking it for the podcast at some point. Like, I just think there's tons to chew on with this. And so um, very glad that I very glad that I revisited this. And it only been a few years since I'd seen it. Um, mm -hmm. But it's a uh, yeah, it's, and it flies by for a long movie. It does not feel the length at all. It goes by nice. really fast. Yeah. Nice. Mostly because there's like the there's like a like a ending coda that's about 20 minutes long. Gotcha. But, um, so but it's all it's all interesting. Yeah, I just remember also, I remember distinctly the trailer and kind of being creeped out by the trailer. Because mm -hmm. there's this, like, voiceover that, like, says Haley Joel Osment's character's name in, like, this really haunting voice that's like, mm. David. And it's yeah. like, I, I remember, like, being really creeped out by that trailer and wanting to see it. it you know, yeah, it was. Yeah, I think if it was made, like, eight years before um it, or not even eight years before was this since we came out 2001 so mm -hmm. yeah like six to eight years before i i feel like this could have been macaulay culkin in the lead role mm -hmm. um it like sort of it there's parts of it that remind me a lot of the good son actually with oh, yeah. macaulay culkin and elijah wood so yeah um yeah i don't know if that's a there's like a twist with the concept yeah 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 so sure. it's really uh, it, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it does not feel like a steven spielberg movie but um yeah. i think that's a I, I remember that being, I think that was probably the first movie I ever saw Jude Law in as well, because I think I saw that before I saw Talented Mr. Ripley. And yeah, I remember I, just being captivated by him as an actor and wanting to see more things with him in it. So. Yeah, I feel like the first I remember seeing Jude Law was Gattaca. So another, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, another 90s, late 2000s uh, science fiction movie. 
Uh, Gattaca. Maybe it should be. Uh, you love Gattaca. Gattaca uh, came up last week, right? Gattaca comes up a lot on this. Or it came up a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, speaking of uh, people who want to go to space, should we talk about Richard Linklater and uh, Apollo 10 and a half? Richard, Richard Linklater definitely wanted to go to space when he was 10 and a half years old. Yeah. So I'm sure you did more research into this movie. Um, but it was very clear, like, this movie is just like an autobiography, right? Like, this is Richard yeah. Linklater's childhood. It's- it's basically, you could even say it's a prequel to his other autobiographical films in, you know, semi-autobiographical films in Days to Confused and uh, Everybody Wants Some. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, because in Days to Confused, he's revisiting his life from high school. And in Everybody Wants Some, he's revisiting his college years. Here, he's going back and revisiting his life growing up in a small town outside of Houston in Texas, which is actually where Richard Linklater is from and where his family is from, um, where he grew up before he moved for high school. Yeah, um, this yeah. this really felt like watching this. I felt much more like I was reading the Richard Linklater biography. Yeah, um, exactly. And looking, I mean, he was born in 1960. So it's even like yeah. he's born at the same time as the as the main character in this movie. Yeah, it's about a year off from him being 10 and a half, but I think it is intentionally supposed to be he's 10 and a half years old. So it's like a double title. Oh, that's um, why it's, Apollo that's 10, why and it's 10 and a half. Yeah. Right. Okay. Because yeah. um, it's the one before Apollo 11, but it's also his 10 and a half, he's 10 and a half years old. Right. And well, and even like the name, right? The name of the main character yeah. is Stanley, which is yeah. like, you know, he's his name is Richard. But like yeah. most Stanleys go by Stan and most Richard, right. you know, Richards would go by oh. Rich or Richie. Um, Ricky as a kid. Or, yeah, 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 exactly. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, this this movie is kind of separated into sort of two different types of movies. Like one yeah. that's most of the movie is just kind of like. This is what life was like in the 1960s as a It's as very a wonder years. It's very wonder years where yeah. everything's sort of narrated and Jack Black is just basically this this is what I wrote down. It's like all exposition, but I think the biggest thing is that he's explaining things to you about growing up that either you already know because you've seen other movies from the 1960s or you already know because you were once a child too. Yeah. It's almost like he's explaining life of a child to like an alien who doesn't know what humans were like growing up when they were 10 years old. Well, but he also tells the story from, you know, like, like, uh, you know, there's another movie that will be coming up where he's telling it from his perspective, right? He's telling this from, you know, the guy born in 1960, both what he felt at the time as a 10 year old and now what he feels as a, um, right. you know, as a 60 year old, as a 62 year old looking back on this time. And I thought that the stuff that was just, I mean, I, I'm very mixed on this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Like I, I like it. It was so, it just kind of really beat you over the head with a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And I, it really did feel like I was reading a book where it's like a, an internal monologue where he's narrating what you're seeing on screen. Exactly. And I liked what we're seeing. Like it was all interesting stuff, but it was just so much tell and not show where it's just like walking us through all the like pop culture milestones and the important moments and the, you know, the games that they played and the movies that they loved. Um, And I just would have rather watched like, I don't know, like a movie where we just see the kid, like almost like boyhood where we see this stuff happen 
instead of having to have Jack Black be like, we went and saw 2001 A Space Odyssey, and then they had the black yeah. the black slab that showed up. It's like, you just like show us the characters just show us the black enjoying slab. Yeah. this. Yeah. Um, and then we're getting it interspersed with this mission to, you know, this like, you know, we can talk about what the mission was, but we're, you know, this mm-hmm. boy has to go to has to go to the moon because he's, um, you know, they built a they built a moon rover that was too small for the average person. And so right. They, which I thought they was recruited really him out of out of yeah. school. Yeah. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Do you like do you just so, think it's it's straightforward that this was like a dream that he had or a story me, he's telling himself? Like, what are your thoughts? Let me that? let me tell you how I phrased my reaction to this back in April when I first reviewed this. In the, I'll just read part of it. Um, what I said was, um, so I enjoyed this for the most part, but part of me kept wanting the narration to end and mm-hmm. it get to the plot from a first person's perspective. Because I kept waiting for that because the first 52 minutes all sort of feel like exposition mm-hmm. to the plot of the, la- of the Apollo landing and coinciding with his mission of what he got to do or dreamed he got to do right. for the last 20 to 30 minutes. And I do think it's important that we see that his eyes are half closed and he's dreaming. Like he's, right. he's and they watching even have the like a line. Landing, I don't remember what the line was at the end yeah. of the movie, but there was a line about like, mm-hmm. like his parents, I think said like, it's okay that he slept through this because he's still going to tell his grandkids. He watched it. Like exactly. he's still going to remember back. He's not going to remember that he fell asleep. You know, and the, the story is going to be that he watched it. And so it's exactly. like the story he's going to tell himself as an adult or like the exactly. way, the way we're going to frame memory, which is a, you know, the, the idea really of the way we the way we yeah. look back on memories and nostalgia is a theme in a lot of Richard Linklater movies, almost all. Yeah, of for sure. And it's big in like Rob Reiner's. It reminded me a lot of Rob Reiner's Stand By Me as well. Mm-hmm. And the way that memory is framed in that film as Richard Dreyfuss is narrating, you know, the bookends of that film um, and throughout. Uh, they really reminded me a lot of the way Stand By Me is told through memory. Um, but what it also reminded me of is like for my own personal Space example, I have like a vague memory of watching the Challenger explosion in mm-hmm. school, like when it happened, like the the teacher rolling in the TV cart and being all excited. We're going to watch the first teacher in space and this is going to be so cool. And oh, they did geez. the countdown yeah. and then it explodes. But my my thing is, I was so young when that happened. I don't know if that is a memory that was imprinted on me later or if I actually did watch it. I mean, it's Mandela effect, right? It's the you Berenstain know I mean? it's Bears like a, and the Berenstain Bears. And, it's, you yeah. know, that we remembered, like, that we did a certain thing a certain way. Exactly. Uh, now, I mean, the thing we remember is not I went to the moon before the Apollo 11. Uh, that's yeah, a lot right, bigger right. than just misremembering something. Um, but I do think, like, there's some interesting aspects of this that we get to see. And it does allow us to see, like, you know the the what the astronauts were the training was like for the astronauts, yep. which we've seen in a bunch of yeah, movies. Yeah, which we've seen in a bunch you of know, stuff so far. Yeah, fun connections. Um, you know, I, I kept thinking back to early in the movie when he talks about how he's a persistent liar, and they show him yeah. up in front of the class, and he's telling the story. I think he was telling the story about his dad and what his dad does for NASA, and it's not what his dad does, but he was he was just. Well, he's also up talking about story. like he he has this whole show and tell presentation where he's basically talking about befriending the iron giant that came down from the sky mm-hmm. and then oh, the right, giant yes. had to leave. And that's why he couldn't come to show and tell. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, <laughs> yeah. Right. So that he's a story. I mean, and you know, again, 
it makes sense that the kid mm-hmm. at 10 years old, who's a storyteller, grows yep. up to be L- Richard Linklater, who writes and directs all of these movies. Exactly. Many of which look, you know, metatextually look back on his childhood. So yeah, and it's that really was, funny fun. because, um, so I, earlier this year, I finished the um, Dazed and Confused oral history uh, giant novel, really, really good, giant, um, giant novel. about the making of Dazed and Confused. And one of the things that, you know, the, the book touches on towards the end is the sort of outrage from the people in Dazed and Confused that he named the characters after who are like, well, that's not me. I wasn't like, like that. People that he knew in his life. Like exactly. Of his and stuff. And he, yeah. That were friends of his and going, that wasn't me. I didn't do that. I didn't smoke pot and skip school and get in fights at parties. That wasn't me. That didn't happen. And he even got sued by a couple of them because oh, they wow. were like, this, this didn't happen this way. Mm-hmm. And you saying that I was this person in this movie has adversely affected my life and whether you can debate whether or not that's true or if it's just a cash grab, cash grab type thing, which I kind of think it is. But, um, you know, it's but it's it's a fair point that like everybody has a different memory of what high school was like and there doesn't really or what their childhoods were like or what their friends were like or specific memories from their childhoods that one friend may remember something happening a totally different way than the five other people that were there. Mm -hmm. And so the way that that works is all really interesting and can lead to a lot of like, like you were saying, Mandela affecting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's also like, uh, you know, perspective shifting too. And I think it is, you know, what your perspective is of some experience in, in high school. Again, perspective is not going to tell you to like that you is not you're not going to convince yourself that you went to the moon instead of like first because right. of a difference in perspective that's kind right. of an that's exaggerated true. look at this and i think there's you know this was his dream this was his like literal dream but also probably mm-hmm. his dream as a kid he wanted to be an astronaut he wanted to be the first uh and he he makes up this story and he tells himself the story and maybe he's mm-hmm you know, creative kids, maybe he's writing this story, you know, maybe he wrote the story of himself being the kid uh, going to the moon right. at 10 years old wh- as a kid, you know, maybe there was a story that this was sort of based on from his childhood that he wrote. Um, yeah, could be. I would like I to mean, know that. I would like to. Yeah. I, I think this did really feel like a uh, animated version of, you know, Richard Linklater, the novel. Uh, yeah, reading sure. this, I just, Definitely. I felt so much that I understood what his childhood was like. And yep. it was fun as a kid who grew up in the 90s, not the 60s, so I grew up 30 years after him, mm-hmm. to see the different ways that his childhood was similar to mine yep. um, and the ways exactly. that it's different. You know, like, obviously, like, there were a lot of differences between the 90s and the 60s, but there were a lot of ways that, like, the ways I hung out with my friends and the games and the we way, played mm-hmm. and the ways that we did stupid things. Exactly. And the, um, you know, the, the, the family dynamics and the, yep. you know, the fights with my brother and the things like that that exactly that, like some know, stuff is his, his some stuff up. is universal yeah mm-hmm. some stuff is universally translatable and i that's at what least, i really like about his films is yeah, like universally can, translatable at least for like you're in my perspective now i don't know if like you know you and i grow grew up in sort of like you know suburban like middle class yeah middle class exactly yeah. middle class households like you know, if we grew up in poverty, if we grew up really rich, like our, like, we might not be able to find as much with the way Richard Linklater's family grew up, or and his family That's grew fair. up. Yeah. Um, 
you know, so it is like a very kind of like white middle class perspective that it's we're getting. Privileged. Even if yes. it's a different perspective on this era, it's a privileged perspective, which is vastly different from the perspective that we got last week with hidden figures. And so it's an it's an interesting contrast to last week to sort of see how different things in the same era are told the same way and yet have different connotations. Yeah. It, it's like, like you, you know, if you think of, you know, if if Stanley was a black kid growing up at the same time, this story right. is completely different than like, exactly. you know, the way he's treated, the way his school is, the way, you know, his friends and sports. And, you know, we do get into from the kid's perspective uh, what's going on with civil rights and, yep. um, and the Vietnam War it, and the, the Cold War with the, the um, duck and cover and air raid sirens and stuff like that, which is all stuff we also touched on last week. Right. But, this film actually like focused on it a little more than Hidden Figures did, I think. Definitely. But you know, um, not not necessarily to, but it also I didn't feel like it had anything new to say about those things. No, that's also part it. Just of, was looking yeah. back on it, and it's looking back on it from the kids' perspective, but mm-hmm. also looking back on it from the six-year-old man looking back on it from the kids' perspective right. as well. Right. So you're getting like the bigger context of why they're duck and covering, whereas if it's a ten-year-old. He's just saying, oh, yeah, we had a we had a drill at school today where we had to right. go under our desk, but we didn't understand why. But the Jack Black version of Stanley is able to say, well, you know, the Cold War was going on. So we had, you know, they could have blown us up at any time. So they had us test. And then he's like, I don't know if the, the deaths are going to do very much. Or, I think yeah, exactly. Like yeah, yeah. Which is the thought I always have when I see that yeah. stuff. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. Well, I, I also really like in this how much pop culture we get. Um, yes. It's very, I mean, you know, for a podcast that, that's all about movie connections. It was super fun to like be like, oh man, there are so many movies I could write down that were referenced in this. Yep, absolutely. Uh, a lot that I didn't really want to watch because a lot were like, here's these terrible science fiction movies. That yeah, we'll here are these. Here's this terrible science fiction movie from the 1950s that you probably can't even find. Right. And uh, yeah, it was like I I didn't even write it down, but I was like, maybe I should write that down. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but, I did write a couple of them down, but just, yeah, there, there were so many. I mean, there's one. Down. There's one big one that I did write down, obviously, but you know. Um, I also like I like when they go through they do it with the games and the TV yeah. shows where they do like the little tiles on screen of yeah. all and I, it is crazy how many like uh, legendary TV shows there were that that he yeah. referenced that I like didn't think about like you know like obviously you know the big ones but it's like Gunsmoke Star Trek uh, yep. you know uh, yeah you, I mean uh, you had Dark Twilight Shadows Zone, Dark was, Shadows Dark right. Shadows was so big. And mm-hmm. it, yet it wasn't really even on TV that long. Like it was, but it was huge. Mm-hmm. Like I was thinking about like, it feels like we have a lot of TV now and all the shows yeah. that they were listing off was making me really overwhelmed. Cause a, all those seasons were a lot longer because back yeah. then TV shows were not, you know, eight to 12 episode TV shows. Um, but also if you missed an episode or like, if like the, when the sister comes to the room and she's like, okay, you guys have been the TV long enough. I'm changing it. Like, there's no Netflix or I mean, exactly. this goes saying. there's no like yeah. going back and being like, oh, I want to see the end of that gun smoke episode. Yeah, there isn't on. even VCR until the no, late there's 70s. nothing. No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, so if you, it, it was like the whole family gathered around the TV together. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's something that we get like once upon a time in Hollywood as well. Like everybody yeah. watching the same thing at the same time. Yeah. So uh, it is it is very like rosy look back at the way pop culture was consumed, although it's a lot more yeah. convenient now to do that. It was a lot, it, there was a lot of notes of the sand a lot in this, I thought, as well. Like, the mm-hmm. way that everything is framed animation-wise from the kids' perspective as well. 
and just um i i really enjoy coming of age stories in Mm -hmm. general um well licklider's got a lot of them yeah he really does but it's really hard to have a coming of age like most coming of age stories are pretty like okay that was good i understand why this was made like this is this is good but not great like it's Mm -hmm. hard for i think it's hard for a a true coming of age story to like be like incredibly lights out you Mm -hmm. know because most of the time they don't have anything new to say and it's hard it's hard to have anything new to say at this point because everything about growing up is has been covered and is so out there in the open that Mm -hmm. it's hard to say anything new yeah and i think Uh, that's what this that's what this movie suffers from a little bit is that it i think if this movie had come out 10 even five years ago it may have even been noticed more than it was coming out now where there's not really the nostalgia one there's not really the the nostalgia for the 60s is has pretty much passed us by like everything is 80s and later at this point mm-hmm. as far as nostalgia goes true so yeah this really is coming out this came out like just a few months before stranger things which is yeah. like the same thing but yeah way more extensive and in i mean even so much it's really connected to stranger things we're getting like the nostalgia for a time period exactly with like a science fiction story that isn't that didn't actually happen right right? that like all the stranger things uh monsters and things like that yeah and in the days book that's one of the things that they really said worked about dazed was that when it came out in 93 it was just far enough it was 20 years after the time that it set and that was right around the time where people started feeling nostalgia for the 70s so we're well past people feeling nostalgia for the 60s. Like, I remember my mom feeling nostalgia for the 60s when I was a kid in the late 80s, mm-hmm. you know. And that's when, that's how I got into all that music when I was a little kid from the late 60s and early 70s because that was what the classic, the classic rock and the nostalgia vibe was then in the late 80s. You know well, I, mean? I think, too, it's, you know, you, you kind of mentioned this just a couple minutes ago, but mm. this movie did really kind of come and go. Like, I remember yeah. hearing about this movie, and it, this is a Richard Linklater movie about a child growing up. Like, the the like the log line for this movie, you would think is like, it was like oh, this is a classic Linklater. It's exactly. Like a, you know, yep. we're getting boyhood, we're getting uh, dazed and confused. And this movie came, dropped on Netflix, unlike the TV show stuff that we see in this where you know it's an event when i when batman was on yep. tv the whole family gathers around it's an event this drops on the new version of television that just gets content dumped on it and forgotten immediately yep. and this I'm was sure just kind of another this was just kind sure of another movie that yeah, yeah this is another movie that just kind of came on netflix some people yeah. watched it you watched it when it came out mm-hmm. and like then i don't really know that very many other people watched it and then it just kind of went and exactly like it's like, now I mean, in the it's in the ether of netflix to maybe be discovered by people right. at some point in the future right and it's a bummer because like i'm looking at it and so like film spotting it film spotting a podcast we both listened to everybody on that podcast listened to it or watched it but there aren't a lot of like my regular movie friends that also watched this and logged mm-hmm. on letterboxd and that's kind of weird you know it's so, like I, I think part of why mm. is because it's animated. And I know like people do watch animation. Yeah. But it if for me, I was like I was interested when I first heard about this and then I saw it was rotoscope, which we'll get into the rotoscope part of it. Oh, but like dude, yeah. the <laughs> animated the fact that it was animated, I was just like like it just feels like a like a little bit of a cop out, right? If it's live action, you have to like 
create the sets and the costumes and do what they did in Hidden Figures and in the right stuff and, like, make it look like the time period. But, and with rotoscope, and I know rotoscoping, like, has an element of animation over did. live action. That's the thing. He did everything for the live action and then had it painted over at rotoscope. So, I mean, it's not like he digitally created all of it. He he had the all of the stuff happen in live action. Right, and, then and I wish it, I just wish this was live action because it would have made this like movie more way more of a connection for me. Um, and I, you know, like as you're scrolling Netflix and you see Apollo ten and a half, but there's an animated kid in, in an astronaut suit. Right, and I don't think very many people are stopping on that because it's just it's like, well, this is just like, it, you know, there's that show. Um, what it's on Amazon that's like the same animation style, um, like un something. Uh, Uncharted? Is that what uh, it is? No, Bob Odenkirk is in it. It's and anyways, it's just like I feel like there's yeah. a lot of animated stuff on Netflix and Amazon, and it just kind of all clumps together. Whereas if this was, right. you know, this was the Milo Coy actor, which I don't even know who Milo Coy is, but you know, the kid who played right. Stan, and you're seeing a, a little boy's face, like you can't even really tell when you're looking at the at the poster. This is a little boy. Right. Um, I right. thought like Paul Ten and a Half was some sort of like alternate history. I, I didn't know what this was. I didn't know that the I mean, 10 and a half kind of an alternate history, but yeah. his age. Right. I didn't realize that the 10 and a half referred to his age because a space age child well, is very both. small. Yeah. I mean, right. it's, it, yeah, it's, it's a double, double on or whatever you want to call it. So why, why did he, did you know why he chose to make this animated? Like, does it say, I, I know he's done waking life like this and a scanner he's darkly. Scanner well. darkly and waking life are both done this way. Um, Nothing as to really why, um, just that he thinks that it, I mean, I think he probably thinks it lends more creative freedom to this type of movie mm-hmm. to I mean, do it, it animated. Feel, I mean, animating, it does give it that childhood feel, right? Like and that like, fanta- like that fantasy feel to it. But I think like Waking Life is all about dreams. And so having the uh, rotoscoping for a movie all about dreams and it's all about lucid dreaming. So it's all about people dreaming and like lucid dreams when you're dreaming, but you know, you're in a dream. Right. Um, sort of. And, and that, that's why it sort of works. Like if this is what he imagined when his eyes are half opened, watching the TV and falling asleep on the couch. Oh, you know okay. I mean? Yeah. I guess if, so, I guess if you want to tie like to waking sort of, life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, um, but it doesn't, I mean, but then it's like, doesn't explain why everything was, you know, it would have been interesting. Maybe it's like the, going to the moon story was rotoscope but the rest of it was live action although then it really makes it feel like that didn't happen whereas like yep. if everything's in the same animation style you could be like okay maybe this is just like a a fantasy movie where this actually did happen um mm-hmm. and then a scanner darkly the other movie that he did rotoscope that's all about uh i believe it's all about drug use and some people right. were I, I i haven't seen it in a very long time it's an old philip k dick story i think that was I remade. Seen it. Yeah, yeah it's a philip k dick story that was remade that uh link later made um, starring Keanu Reeves. Yeah, it's Keanu, um, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so this is what I was able to find as far as why he may have chosen to go uh, with uh, animated. Uh, Linklater was planning to create the film in live action, but instead decided to go with the animation style influenced by Saturday morning cartoons because of the playful nature of that animation. Um, and he wanted to incorporate the use of his own home movies and he thought the easiest way to do that was to animate over them. Mm-hmm. So in order to mix those, to, to be able to use actual footage from his childhood in the film, he thought it would be easier to animate over it rather than have live actors creating the thing in live action. 
like mm-hmm. recreating the. Yeah, the, uh, I just think that the, a, the live action version of this could have been like the companion piece to Boyhood, because okay. we're getting. Um, you know, I was thinking about Boyhood a lot watching this. Yeah, and sure. there's a lot of ties to Boyhood. Boyhood is a movie that Richard Linklater made over 12 years, where every year mm-hmm. he filmed a portion of the movie, and the movie tells the story of this child uh, going from a young boy to a uh, high school graduate, right. and or maybe it's college graduate at the end. And I think it's high school graduate at the end of the movie. Um, I think it's high school. Yeah, it is high school at the end of the movie. Um, and it was, I mean, it's like, the first time I saw it, I didn't love it, but I, I like it a lot more, but it's an amazing achievement. The fact that he yeah. picked the cast for this movie in like 2002 yeah. and, and made the commitment and said, no matter what, like this kid could fall off the face of the earth. Yeah. This kid could have something like, you don't know what's going to happen in 12 years with anybody in this movie. And he had to kind of write around that. Yep. Depending on who was available and who yep. was, uh, you know, like where the story, you know, where current events went at the time, because yep. it does like reference each year that it's in, like 9-11 happens one year and they reference 9-11 and things like that. And uh, I mean, imagine if anything had happened to, imagine if anything had happened to Ethan Hawke or Patricia Arquette right? in those Or the kid. Or, I mean, or yeah. the kid. Like yeah. and the whole movie's scuttled. And like, it's why I have such great admiration for that film and for mm-hmm. Linklater and Ethan Hawke and Arquette is like to to make the commitment to make start making that movie and be like okay every year we're going to give you you know 3 weeks to film whatever we need to film for that year yeah and to like do that every year is insane and to have and, some sort of like constant story that goes over that right. the whole story i mean really the story is just like mason is growing up but right. you know, and seeing it, things you know, happen his with mom and dad getting and, divorced and, right yeah. the divorce and then the um, yeah, just all the different things that happen in his life. And um, yeah, I, I think like Boyhood is such an interesting look at childhood and you see the progression of childhood happening. Right. And I think that Paul Ten and a Half could have been a really interesting look way back at Richard Linklater's childhood and all of the things that he remembers and the things that were important to him as a kid and the things that weren't important to him as a kid that he right. didn't talk about or that he, you know. And I just think like we get that, but it's just kind of muddled down by both the narration that just beats mm. you over the head with it and with the animation, which just makes it feel less impactful. Yeah, I think the narration me. is the thing that I was really getting tired of mm-hmm. by the time it finally drops out. And I didn't realize it was Jack Black at first, and I very quickly realized it was Jack I Black. I thought it was Gary. When, the first time I watched the movie, I remember thinking it was Gary Sinise for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then going, who the hell is that? And then looking up that it was Jack Black afterwards. But in the sense, like, I didn't look up the cast before I watched the movie. And so I didn't know that, like, so it's Glenn Powell and um, Zachary Levi as the two NASA officials. And yeah. both their both their animations completely look like the two of them, which is great. Oh, like, see, I didn't, yeah. I didn't look at that when I was watching this. And I yeah. kind of forgot Glenn Powell's another connection, another reason yeah. why we picked this movie. Um, I could not have told you that it was Glenn Powell from this movie if I didn't yeah. look it up. It did, I think because the voice matched, like, the, the jaw and the hairline, I was like, oh, yeah, that's totally Glenn Powell. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so a couple other things that I noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked the, like, the commentary on generations, right? That we get his grandparents yep. and their depression era. And that we're like, yep. just, they were not that re- far removed from the great depression. And that, it, you know, when they're like, 
hammering the nail to straighten it out. You know, the grandpa doesn't yep. want to waste any extra nails and the yep. um the grandma who makes uh you know who makes the the food and, and uses every every piece of the ham. Although that might have been his mom yep. who used it. No, that was the mom using every piece okay. of the ham. Yeah. yeah. But over like the way the, the two different grandmas, right? We have the one grandma who's right. you know very much like save everything. We're not gonna waste right. anything. We're gonna, you know, we're not gonna spend any money. Um and the the way that's passed along to the parents, like the mom using all the ham or the dad exactly. who, who lies about the the drive-in theater, about how many people are in the car for the drive-in theater. And um, then we have like the the grandmother who has like the massive conspiracy theories about right. everything, yeah. which I thought was fantastic. Like it was another way to get JFK into one of these films. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and everything is a conspiracy, and um, yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, and oh, then we. We do see kind of how that's passed along, you know, like we've talked a lot about generational trauma in some of these movies mm-hmm. that we've done this year, but we're talking about just kind of generational values and the way you live. And, um, you know, if you made a sequel to Apollo 10 and a half, that's about, uh, that's about Stanley's son when he's Richard Linklater's age or a little bit younger Richard Linklater and the things that he passed along to Stanley, like maybe it's the love yep. for the Beatles and the love for 2001 exactly. Space Odyssey. Yep. Um, so, um, for sure. Yeah, the other thing I noticed a lot was the, uh, you know, the, I was thinking about how fat, how time speeds up as you get older. When you're a kid, yeah. you can do all of this stuff, and each thing feels important because it's all yep. new. And time, I mean, remember how long a year felt in school? Oh yeah, right. Like September to June in school felt like forever, and now yep. September to June goes by in a second. I mean, we're on third year of this insane. podcast, and it's just like yeah. It just goes by really fast, and it's yep. – uh, I mean, we're already so halfway fa- through the year, and I'm like, what the hell? Right, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. – I mean, you know, and there's a whole theory behind that too that, you know, they say the older you get, time keeps going yeah. faster because you're they, experiencing fewer new things. They actually mention that in Brief History of Time Travel. Like, mm. um, yeah, they, they talk about how time, like, speeds up or slows down based on your, like, activity and your, your perception and – like you're when you sleep, technically you're time traveling mm-hmm. because like yeah. you're, you know, you're I've, done, that. I've moment, done drunk, drunk then, sleep where I'm time traveling. Yeah. yeah. So. so it's like, you know, you're, you're in hours can pass in seconds. Yeah. You know, I used fun. to think like when I was a kid, like that sleeping when you're time traveling, like it used to be something like if there was something I was really excited for, say we're going to the amusement park the next day or we're, right. you know, birthday the next day, the night before I would always like lay in bed and I was like, I just need to go to sleep. Because if I go can't. to sleep, yep. I wake up, I just, the next time I'll close my eyes, and then when I open my eyes, it will be time to do this, like, fun thing I'm looking forward to. Yep. And um, I, I can't do that. Now, like, that's how I get with, like, flights or whenever I have something big the next day. Like, I'm, like, not able to sleep, not able mm-hmm. to sleep, not able to sleep. And, you know, I get, we'll get, like, maybe four or five hours of sleep because then I also wake up two hours before I really need to. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's like, you you don't, you can't sleep when you're brain is looking forward to something like your brain isn't relaxed yeah um and then the last thing that i noticed that i want to talk about was just the uh yeah. you know i talked about like there's a lot of connections to link later and his movies um yep. and like i did feel like this like was the link later biography and it did make me kind of re- recontextualized a lot of his movies like there's mm. I, it made me want to go back and watch boyhood because in this movie we have a bowling alley in houston and there's a whole scene in boyhood where there's a boy on in houston i'm like oh so he yep. pulled that bowling alley in houston scene for for boyhood like directly from his childhood yep. 
and the, the same thing with the baseball and dazed and in some yeah so exactly everybody wants yes. some yep. is directly from his childhood like mm-hmm. he played yep. football and baseball in high school Mm-hmm. So it did make me just kind of, it was like, oh, I'm seeing like the same activities going on. And yep. I guess some people could feel like that maybe is like, a like okay, we've seen this already. We're seeing something we've already seen. But it did, I did like the way that it recontextualized some of that. Sort of like when, you know, when you see the same theme come from a director or the same cast yeah. being used from a director. Um, I did like that. It's one of the things I like about his movies because it makes me go, oh, this is a Richard Linklater film. And I know that I'm going to have, like, even if I'm not having the best time, I'm going to have a relaxing time. Yeah. Because, like, it, I feel like I, like, his movies are vibes movies. Oh, like, definitely. You, you, you really can just, like, crack a beer, sit on your couch, and just, like, chill with his movies. Yeah, you know? you're not going to get a whole bunch of yeah. story. You're going to get yeah, a lot and I'm of good with, that. with the, like, with the yeah. characters. It's a um, hangout movie. Yeah. So... I think what's interesting is that he did make mm-hmm. the before trilogy and maybe he's going to keep yep. making them. He's made them every nine years, uh, you know, uh, 1995, uh, 2013, 2004. So, yep. uh, or sorry, 1995, 2004, 2013. Um, so they have been nine years apart. So we really should be getting one this year. And I don't think we are, I don't think we are. Um, yeah. but you know, that follows a couple and it just checks in with them after that amount of time has passed. And yep you just get a, you know, a brief period of time with them and you're just spending time with them. Um, and I, I was really impressed when I finally got around to watching those movies. They're fantastic. But I do think it's like an interesting trilogy with with the other movies we get from Richard Linklater, right? Now we have these yeah. ones about childhood nostalgia. That was like romantic nostalgia that we're getting. Yeah. And, um, and those really, aren't even period pieces. Those are just like moments yeah. in time. You really can draw a line through all of his films to a degree of, like, maybe with the exception of Boyhood, but all of his, like, like tentpole films of, like, you can draw a bit biographical narrative through, from Apollo 10 and a half, through um, Everybody Wants Some, and then, like, see the progression of the things he went through and the ways he was feeling about life. Yeah. Well, and like I do think boyhood actually kind of fits that it, t- it does. It's not a kid growing up the same time as him. Right. But he is capturing kind of that childhood and he's put, I mean, I would imagine, mm-hmm. I don't know for sure, but I would imagine Richard Linklater might be, bo- uh, have divorced parents because that's a big theme in boyhood. Mm-hmm. Um, although if a pile of 10 and a half is autobiographical, then maybe that, that puts a hole in that theory. Um, but you know, we are seeing just the passage of time in all of his movies, and we're seeing how how time and memory correspond and interact for the characters, and whether that's following one character over 12 years, or doing these every nine-year check-ins with characters, um, or these nostalgic look-backs at a period of time, like Apollo 10 and a Half Days and Confused and Everybody Wants Some. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then even the way time passes when you're on drugs in, in Scanner Darkly, right. or the way time passes when you're lucid dreaming, in everybody wants some so it's a in waking life yeah, yeah. or in waking life yeah um that's what i meant um, i mean there is some lucid stuff in uh, everybody wants some but i don't think it's from dreaming <laughs> yeah yeah uh and i haven't seen slacker um i know that's a, that was his yeah. first feature um and i mean he does have some other movies that he's that he's worked on as well um some less less beloved i have only seen school of rock once and who knows maybe we're watching school yeah. of rock next week I would be curious how School of Rock fits into this kind of theory of like 
everything Richard Linklater is about time and memory and looking back at a, at a period I, in your life. The, the, this would be my thesis statement is Richard Linklater learning how to be a mentor. Mm-hmm. In School of Rock. Yeah, in School of Rock. Yeah, that would be my thesis statement behind School of Rock. If we're going to map it onto who Richard Linklater is, mm-hmm. you know. Well, uh, the lead character is Jack Black, who was, of course, the, you know, the narrator in yep. uh, Apollo 10 and a half. Yeah. So why don't we uh, get into our feedback and see uh, where that takes us? Yeah, that sounds good. Um, all right. So let's let me switch over to our feedback. Uh, only a couple of pieces, pieces of feedback this week. Sorry we uh, couldn't get more people on board with this one this week. I know with between the holiday and it not streaming for everyone, this was a harder movie. But um, hopefully, people yeah, it's summer, it's summer travel season as yeah, well. I think exactly. Too. Um, and you know, this will be preserved in am, in amber. Yep. For or in anybody rotoscope. to listen to, Aaron <laughs> Rotoscope. Yeah, we didn't talk about this, and maybe the feedback gets into it. Um. So we'll wait, but I do want to talk about the rotoscope if nobody gets into it. So, yeah. uh, all right, we'll start off with Jim, and Jim Jim Crumley says, uh, Apollo 10 and a half is definitely a vibes movie. Oh, sounds mm-hmm. like that. Is there an echo in here? Uh, which is not surprising with Richard Linklater. I liked it, but this movie felt too much like The Wonder Years. I like mm-hmm. a good voiceover with the narrator talking about his younger self. Uh, smaller doses work better than doing that for the first 45 minutes yep. of the movie. 52 uh, most- minutes even. Uh, 52 yeah most of the little stories and references were fun uh but a little more plot would have been nice three out of five for jim yep. oh all right so we can talk about rotoscoping so jim's hero of the movie is the animation the style is based on an interesting combination of technologies it's called rotoscoping uh jim included a link uh if i remember i'll throw that link into the uh into the yeah note what is what is your that. experience with rotoscoping i know the first truly rotoscope movie i ever saw was um the bakshi version of lord of the rings okay where they used rotoscoping animation over live actors for like the ring wraiths and the people in the towns and the barkeep and it was like really really creepy and scary um when i was a kid because it was so unnatural like it was so, such so unnaturally look at unnatural looking as a form of animation that it was truly terrifying. But um, I really liked it in this, especially the subtleness of it and the way it was used to juxtapose, like the way we were seeing things on TV from from Stan's perspective. Um, I really liked, like they're watching the TV and we're seeing footage that they would have been watching on the TV, but we're also seeing that footage. But like Walter Cronkite rotoscoped over or the actual moon landing rotoscoped over mm-hmm. um and i thought that was actually really cool the way that that worked um i i really like the animation in this i think it's a lot smoother than um some earlier experiences i've had with rotoscoping yeah i wasn't i'm not a fan i, I don't really like mm. it in waking life although i get why they use it in waking life because it does feel more dreamlike uh i'd have to rewatch scanner darkly to see if it really fits with some of the themes in that um uh, undone is the name of the amazon prime series gotcha. that i was thinking of um okay. with rotoscoped and i don't i just i don't like I, I, it's just too weird for me i don't know it just looks too weird and creepy and for a, a movie that's supposed to be like about wonder and amazement like it just took away that wonder and amazement for me so i i would have rather this just been straight up like cgi or uh you know maybe not, i don't know like mm. 
I, like, I guess I would to a degree, it's live action, not rotoscoped at all. To but. a degree, when we think about memory, though, our memory in our brains is a form of rotoscoping because we're not seeing the actual people. We're no. seeing a memory recreation of that thing, which yeah. is technically an, a type of animation. So, right. and I, you know, and yeah, that's why, like, when you said the reason why he picked it was because he wanted it to feel like the animation of the time. I don't like I really don't like that reason for using it. Yeah, I because the animation it. at the time was not rotoscope. The animation no. at the time was hand drawn. And if the reason was when you're looking back at your memories, you don't see a live action picture of your memories. What you see is this weird kind of conglomeration of of something illustrated yeah. and what you saw, which really does kind of describe rotoscoping. For sure. Then I like the choice a little bit better, um, but I still sure. just I, I didn't enjoy watching it being rotoscoped. It took away from the movie for me. That's fair. I I liked it. I'll disagree with you on that one. I actually really well. You it. and you and Jim can go have a rotoscoping party with. <laughs> I guess them. so. Yeah. yeah, Jim, let me know when you want to do the uh, 1970s Lord of the Rings. I'm, I'm with there you. There you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, what do we got from Stefan? Uh, Stefan says the film reminds me a lot of Boyhood. So there you go. Uh, there is nothing wrong with the movie, but it still failed to hold my attention. Maybe it was because even though the first 60% of the movie was backstory, it was backstory for America and not for Stan. Who was Stan? I can tell you a lot about where he grew up and about his life, but not about him specifically. But that aside, the movie is perfectly fine and might be worth a rewatch in a few years to see if my opinion goes up at all that up at all from a 3.5 so nice. it's a 3.5 from stefan um yeah i can i can see that i mean i definitely feel like i learned a lot about stan and who he is and the things he dreams about um mm -hmm. i mean we talk, we learned he's a pretty big liar right um, i think that was you know, interesting that's, do we see anything with like love like him falling in love i guess no. he's a little young to have like a no not really not not maybe not really young. yeah i mean there's the whole montage of the different girls he's thinking about in his class that all have the same names as songs Mm -hmm, like Valerie true. and Jane and, the, and, and yeah. the Playboy magazines that were hidden, yeah. which great hiding spot under the you pull out the last dresser drawer and then it's under that really smart. That's a great hiding spot. Uh, until, until it was the until it was speaking the, from experience there. Too. No, I was I was impressed. I was like, I should, <laughs> I have a dresser. I should throw some stuff under my bottom drawer in my dresser. I don't think you need to do that anymore. Yeah, probably not. Um, yeah. And I also I really like what really stuck with me is the scene where he has to empty the trash bags. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. I just like love the like six kids all cleaning the house together, yeah. and that he gets well, stuck emptying the paper trash bags that get liquid in them, and then they leak everywhere. It was just like so yeah. like some of that stuff was so vividly yeah. painted, like not painted physically, but like just the picture was painted the way it shown. Um, and also, as somebody who only uses old tra old grocery store bags as my yeah. trash bags, um, I was totally. like, yeah, no need no need to buy trash bags. You get them every time you go to the store. Exactly. And that, that was the other thing that I really um, latched onto as well was just the family dynamics. Like as a person who grew up in a family of four with a single mother, um, you know, there were three other kids and me. I like I really liked the, you know, interplay between him and all of his siblings and all of the different dynamics they had. And they each had different jobs and he had a different relationship with each one of them and they were constantly fighting. Um, I totally played that baseball card game when I was a kid. Oh man, that looks with fun. my yeah. with my older brother, and because like we would line up baseball cards and try to build our perfect team, 
and then throw the cards against each other to see who, like, if somebody had a better average than the person you threw against them, then they would get a hit, and they got to move, like, around, like, this diamond cardboard mm-hmm. thing that we had made. Like, it was this whole baseball card game that was awesome. And mm-hmm. I tried doing playing it by myself after he um, went off to college, but it wasn't as much fun playing it by yourself. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the, um, I, I totally got the baseball card thing. Yeah. No, I, um, you know, it's interesting. That was actually like there were so many things that tied to my own childhood growing up yeah. and um, i was thinking this is gonna be one last thing but i'll just talk about it now is like the you know like he's gonna go to camp in michigan and yeah. um which i went to camp in michigan and i will always say i wish i would have gone to camp every single summer as a kid yeah because i really regret like this is if i was making a richard Linklater movie it would be like go to camp every summer go run yeah. around and go in the lake and go play capture the flag and like don't sit at home. Don't waste your summers. Um, you went to space camp one year, right? I did. I went to space camp one year. Yeah. I went to space camp, but then I went to like regular camp a couple years yeah. as well. And I wish I could go to camp this summer. I like would yeah. love to go to camp right now and just do I was, activities all summer. Yeah, and I was not really a camp kid. I went to Boy Scout camp one or two years, but I really didn't like camp all that much. Um, yeah. I like. I never camp wanted Bay, to be away for the whole but, summer, and now I wish I would have yeah. just gone for like eight weeks to northern Michigan and slept in a cabin for eight weeks and made friends and well, I just want to do stuff that. Now. I can't do as an adult, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I want to go do that now. Well, you got to do that last weekend. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't camp. <laughs> though. It was a. Uh, it was yeah. It's a little different. Pretty nice go, cabin though. They do have like. <laughs> I know, like, Kurt Clark goes to, like, Nerd Camp or something. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. a camp for adults. Um, and well, they do Grace, have that Grace stuff. Grace was saying right? she also still goes to camp, right? And does, like, doesn't yeah, she still go to her camp counselor? Staff. Yeah, staff, staff camp. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other stuff that reminded me of my of my childhood is, uh, I don't know if you guys did this, and I had no idea anybody mm-hmm. else did, but, like, playing in the garage during a thunderstorm. Oh, I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah. I vividly remember my brother and I doing that. You know, the thunderstorm would be going. We'd open the garage door and then we'd play in there and the rain would be coming down. And it's yeah. a... Sometimes we do the like run out to the end of the driveway and run back. It was a great uh, thunderstorms were always a great time for action figures Mm because you could like throw your action figures into the rain and bury them in mud. And yeah, like it was it was great. The the me version of this movie would be uh, a whole lot of action figures, a whole bunch of video games, uh, Sega Sega Genesis, lots of Sega Genesis, uh, lots of watching X-Men cartoons and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um yeah i could you know and that's i think what is great about this movie is when i was watching it i was like i could make the version of this that takes place in 1995 mm-hmm. and it's a lot different than this but there's a lot of like similar themes that happen yeah so. well i'll i'll go ahead and give my um i'll go ahead and give my final review of my rating um so back when i watched this in april i gave this a three and a half i wasn't overwhelmed by it i wasn't like stunned by it um, I said, you know, it's a solid Richard Linklater film. It feels like one of his most personal films, if not outright his most personal film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really appreciated it for that, um, especially when I when I was reading the history of Days to Confused. And a lot of that book is about Richard Linklater himself and up in how he grew up and up and became a filmmaker. Um, so to watch this in juxtaposition with reading that book was really, really cool. Um, but I don't think that I am going to change my score. If I was going to change it, it actually might go down a little on this mm-hmm. rewatch. I actually don't think it held up for me on the rewatch as well as it did the first time I watched it. Um, 
I, I did end up checking the time a couple of times just so I could timestamp like when I wanted the narration to end and when it actually did end. Mm-hmm. Um, and but yeah, it's um it's a solid three and a half. Um, I can't see dropping it down to a three, even though maybe it deserves it. I mean, maybe um, you're just in line with the listeners at three point two five. Yeah, yeah, it's a three point two five from the listeners. It's three point five from me. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what say you? I'm also 3.5. When I finished this movie, I texted my brother and I said, that is one of the most 3.5 movies I could think of. Uh, it is good. I, uh, if we're going by my librarian's rules, I don't know if I would ever choose to rewatch it. Uh, right. Which is, you know, that's, she says four is when you rewatch movies. Um, I, it made me just like nostalgic in a way from my own childhood that like, maybe a little sad that those times are gone. Um, and it, you know, maybe this movie hits differently if you have kids. And so then instead of being in the child role, you're in the adult role, um, raising the kids. But, um, you know, but I, th- I thought it was like, you know, perfectly enjoyable. Um, I did like the, kind of some of the stuff that I was thinking about with the uh, story of him going to the moon and what that mm-hmm. represented. I like how autobiographical this felt and how just like the world was painted and, you know, yeah. Like Stefan said, it is a lot more the backstory of America during this time, but I like the way it is told from kind of a kid's yeah. perspective. Um, it just, I mean, this movie loses uh, a whole point for being animated um, mm. and like a half a point for the narration. I didn't mind the narration. It just like, I felt like it was kind of cutting corners a little bit. Right. That's fair. So yeah. Uh, 3.5. We are at a 3.5 overall, 3.41 for the average on our spreadsheet here. Nice. Um, so, yeah, this is a very 3.5 movie. Yeah, it, it feels a bit like a very 3.5 movie. Um, and that's not a bad thing. I mean, 3.5 is still pretty good, you know? It's just not, like, to, to juxtapose it with, like, other Linklater films, like, I think I gave Boyhood a four and a half, and Days to Confused is a five-star movie for me. Yeah, and so, so Days to Confused is yeah. one, and Boyhood also, and maybe it's just the way I feel about Richard Linklater movies. Could be. Uh, that said, I just don't really like them the first time that much. And Boyhood, I liked a lot more when I rewatched it. Mm-hmm. Dazed and Confused, I have not rewatched in a while, but, you know, maybe at some point I will. Maybe. And uh, that will, you know, when I do, like, maybe we'll see how if I, if I rise on that. The only look at films that I loved right from the beginning right. is Before Sunrise. Uh, and the, okay. the whole series, but especially Before Sunrise. And I held Sunrise. off on those because I wasn't sure that I would like them um, until they came up on the movie ladder last year. And... For my movie ladder, and I, right, I ended up falling in love with all three of them. I mean, mm-hmm. I I loved all of them, and I think I had the controversial opinion that I enjoyed three the most. Uh, yeah, three. I think three is well. I I think three okay. does not have the magic that one and two have, but I okay. think that's intentional. Right. Exactly. And I think that's why I liked it was that yeah. it it felt more real. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, one and two, I just love, like, I just, uh, I love them so much that, like, I was watching another movie recently and thought it was like, I was like, oh, they're redoing Before Sunrise. I love this so much. And then that's not what the movie ended up doing. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think, you know, and everybody wants some. I, I saw it and I was like, yeah, that was fine. Like, I have no reason. Like, I think I probably would have rated that even lower than Apollo 10 and a half. And then people love Everybody Wants Some. And that's another one where I'm like, well, maybe if I watch it again, I'd once I know the characters, just I'd enjoy hanging mm-hmm. out with So. Uh, who's your hero in the movie? Uh, hmm. I guess just Richard Linklater. I, I guess I don't. I don't Same really have one. Um. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm. 
or maybe it's Stan. Yeah, let's give it to Stan because Richard Licklater is the one who decided to rotoscope this. Stan did not decide <laughs> to rotoscope his life. Uh, so yeah, we'll go with Stan. I was gonna be a little more broad than Stan and give it to um, childhood memory. All right, childhood memory, nostalgia. Uh, memory. That's a good word. Childhood nostalgia. Yeah, I think nostalgia really wins the day in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right. What else? Uh, what else? Um, well, we've got to do some connections. So we've talked about a bunch of them. Um, but I do love that once again we get the JFK. We choose yes. to go to the moon uh, in this Not decade. Because it is easy. And do yeah. the other thing. And do and the other do things. The other thing, Zach. And all, we got to do the other et cetera, thing. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Uh, because yes. they are hard. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then we also get Glenn Powell. Um, yep. So, uh, and then we get the kids duck and covering in this movie as well. I, I really liked the math joke at the beginning when he's like, how, how are your math skills? Don't you make mistakes sometimes? <laughs> and Hidden Figures is all about, you know, precise calculations and True. mathematicians and making sure that they don't miscalculate anything. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the reason that they need Stan in the first place is they miscalculated the size oh. of the castle. So should so, our title connection have the word calculations in it somewhere? Yeah. Like like exact, cal- like uh, NASA's calculations or by my calculations, by our calculations? By NASA's, cal- by NASA's calculations. Yeah, by NASA's calculations. I like that. Um, I, like, okay. I was going to say something about like space from a different or like, like uh, you know, a different perspective on the space race or space from a different perspective or something about a person. Because, I mean, both movies are really about like a different perspective than, you know, the right uh, stuff cal- got the like official perspective, you know, the like written in history books perspective. Then we get hidden figures, which is the perspective of these three women and the black experience of the NASA right. program. And then we're getting the kid experience of the NASA Calculating program. Calculating a NASA perspective. I think you're just doing word salad. I don't right? know. Now I'm just word salading. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. No, I, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, by, by NASA's calculations is interesting. Okay. Maybe by NASA's calculations, question mark because we're not sure about their calculations. So. Uh, that works for Yeah, we got through all that. Did I have any other specific ones to Hidden Figures? No, I think we got them all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, let's see. So connections to other movies from this year. I mean, a lot to the right stuff. We have the yep. we have the NASA recruiters. Um, who do you like more? Did you like the Zachary Levi, Glenn Powell, or Jeff Goldblum and the other guy? I actually had that on my, uh, I had that written down to ask about and I forgot. So um, I think I'm going to give it to to um, Goldblum and sure. I, mean, I believe you know, Goldblum they're, was they're, some people's heroes of the movie. Uh, yeah, Jeff Goldblum so. is pretty great. So he, Jeff Goldblum wouldn't have miscalculated. Mm-mm. Nope. So um, um, we have Drinking and Driving, which we've had in a couple of movies thus oh. far. Um, in E2 Mamba Tabien and Drinking and Driving and Ghost Rider. And that was a that was a coming of age story as well. I mean, it, it was, yeah. Kids, but yeah. Yep. Um, we have, uh, you know, Why Don't You Guys Send a Chimpanzee, which we did have yep. the chimpanzee sent. I think that was in the right stuff. In the right uh, stuff, yep. yep. And yep. just all the all the the astronaut training stuff in the in the right stuff. We see the kid doing yep. that, you know, taking the the vomit comet and the the spin yep. thing, the gravitron. Yep. Um, we had, and, uh, you know, we had a uh, knockdown drag out family fights in Streetcar Named Desire at Pugstown County. We yep. had a lot of uh, children fighting with each other in this one. Yep. We had um, the Mercury guys literally. I mean, this, like, I just keep going back. Yeah, to we had the Mercury guys. We, we, we the see the Mercury guys. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
And they talk about the the um failed test flight for Apollo one that killed Gus Grissom and yep. Ed White and um oh crap, what was the third one? Zeke. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't remember. Sorry. Sorry. Apologies. Apologies. Gus Grissom and Ed White and um uh, Megan the Librarian's gonna or or Marissa Somebody. are gonna like message Somebody. me yeah, and yeah. say, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um we didn't really have a hospital. We didn't have anybody going across the Atlantic or anything. Right. I mean, unless you count the space flight. Space, um, space is Atlantic. Yeah. You know, we are getting like a, a captured a moment in time, which we did get in once. Um, right. And 60s culture, which we get in across the universe in yesterday. Um, yep. And then another really fun connection yeah. uh, is when they're going through all the different TV shows. Uh, Stan brings up a show called It's About Time. And we yep. did do about time. We did do about time. Uh, they also talk about breaking the sound barrier, which happens in the right stuff. Nice. Um, yeah. And then in the, right, uh, in the right stuff, we get the Cocoa Beach, which is the beach right across from where they launched the uh, where they launched the space shuttles. I've been to Cocoa yep. Beach. And in this, we get the Galveston Beach, which is across from the Houston where they Houston. launched it from Houston. And I've been to Galveston Beach. So we get two beaches that are across from NASA that I've been to both of them, but not for any uh, kind of uh -huh. launches. There you go. So, uh, all right. What about uh, movie map? Uh, I actually forgot to look up the movie map. I do not have anything off the top of my head. What do you? Uh, yeah, I don't have a great one. I'm not gonna not gonna lie. I mean, what did we do last year? I mean, Rebel Without a Cause was a um, you know, Rebel Without a Cause, Parenthood, yeah. Back to the Future are all kind of like. I mean, there's a little bit stories. of Parenthood if you want to stretch. I mean, this is childhood instead of Parenthood. True. Yeah. But, you know, that's pretty good. Um, the one I was actually thinking of though is like uh edge of tomorrow right where we're okay. getting i don't know i don't know if that's great but we're just getting like the like military secret mission yeah the cetera, secret mission yeah the secret mission yeah. the like training montage and stuff it's, right. it's really not good um but there, i don't think there's really anything close to this that we did last somebody's year. gonna come at us and say hey idiots yeah do we do anything with memory i mean deja vu a little bit has like, a little bit with memory. deja vu yeah deja vu um, does play with memory yeah um, or maybe there, if you there's can. day off. Could you could say because it's all there's an argument that it's all in one of the characters' heads, and this a lot of what's in this is in Stan's head. Mm -hmm. So I mean, Dirty know. Dancing might be a good one too because we're getting the like this time period, right, um, right. you know, family dynamics, coming of age. I think Dirty Dancing might be my pick. He's a pretty good liar, like Leo is in Catch Me If You Can. True. Yeah, lots of lots of little connections, but we don't have a great. We have like a we have like a movie. GPS directions to one place. Right, not right. A movie it's movie. like a dock board. It's a dock board. Movie yeah. dock board. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, what is your one last thing? So this is one that I picked up the very first time I watched this movie, and I've kind of been waiting. Um, and as soon as I remembered it for this, I wrote it down as my last thing. So you watched Summer of Soul, right? Yes. And there's a whole segment in there where they talk about why don't they – give some of that money that they use oh, yeah. to watch the space race mm -hmm. and bring it down to these people in Harlem. Mm -hmm. You see that exact interview in this movie. Great. That is Point. used in Summer of Soul, mm -hmm. the uh, documentary about the Harlem Renaissance Festival that took place in the summer of 1969. Is, over was the, it called Black Woodstock? Isn't that what yeah, it was called? Black Woodstock. Yeah. Uh, movie by Questlove. Really incredible documentary. Um, yeah, I, I really liked it. One documentary of the year last year. Um, it's a really fantastic, fantastic documentary. Um, but when I saw that back in April, I was like, wait, did Richard Lakeletter call Questlove? Like, did he know that he was going to use a like segment from this movie in Apollo 10 and a half? Uh, it like really took me out for a second. It was like, wait, was that like 
intentional? Did he know? Mm. Like, did Richard Linklater know where the hidden footage was the whole time <laughs> for for Summer huh. Assault? That's interesting so, yeah. because when I saw that, I was like, this seems familiar. Yeah. And I could not think of what that clip was It was from, from Summer Assault. Yeah. Um, another fun thing was the clip of, so they show the clip of um, of Walter Cronkite where he takes yeah. off his glasses and he's like, he's like smiling and rubbing his hands together. Yeah. And I never realized, I've seen that GIF before. That's a common GIF. You look up Cronkite, which I yeah. happen to use a lot. Um, and that's actually from, you know, when it, when they, uh, when they first watched it, when man first walks on the moon. Yeah. So, um, all right, my one last thing. So mine was going to be just all the connections to my childhood. I already talked about that. Um, mm -hmm. So the other one I want to talk about is science and the way science is presented in this movie. Science. And there's so much science in this that's like the promise of science. We get AstroTurf. Right. We get push-button phones. Yep. Um, we get, you know, he they talk about the hope and promise of science, that we're going to be going to Jupiter soon. Right. Um, and all these things, you know, the world is changing, the technology is changing in the world. But then we also see the kids doing all these dangerous things that they don't realize is dangerous, like right. swimming in the, in the pool with all the extra chlorine in it, which isn't going to harm them too much, but makes their eyes hurt. And then spraying, you know, uh, riding their bikes behind the, the truck spraying DDT. Yeah. Um, which is like, Oh, we're just going to like, we're just like, that's just carcinogenic. Like, and, yeah. and then they go home and they're roach spraying. And it's like all, and like, I noticed like the, the, um, you know, the, the, uh correspondence or you know the like yeah. uh between the promise of science and then like the the hidden dangers of science that as a kid in the 1960s you have no idea exactly yep oh. i like uh, that let's get let's get one last the thing. dichotomy this is the word i was looking for the, the dichotomy between the two sides of science there we go um and we get the interview with arthur c clark on yep. the news and arthur c clark of course wrote the book that uh 2001 a space odyssey i thought that was kind of there interesting. You go. so um all right uh well i think that is uh everything's a 3.5 for apollo 10 and a half so three space a half for yep. 10 space a half um and i do want to remember that a space age childhood uh depending on what we pick next week might just be our title connection there so, you go uh with yep. that we're gonna pick our movie for next week based on i think you and i might have a couple uh yeah couple i think we're gonna right have now. a ton yeah uh <laughs> so we're gonna uh we're gonna pick our movie based on suggestions from the listeners and then on your, you and i brought um i have a ton on my list so i'm just gonna yep. kind of see where see what gets taken and what i'm feeling like i've added uh yep. i added two movies as we were talking uh on this well we only have two listeners worth of suggestions so we'll be we can we could even throw a sixth on from our list today if we there we go yeah. yeah uh all right so the listeners we have jim kicking i don't know if jim's ever kicked off the listener segment before he has not i don't think uh, and jim has uh ladder rung another richard linklater movie starring jack black and a bunch of kids school of rock school of rock yep. also has a plot and more fun than apollo ten and a half and it's streaming for free on youtube oh interesting Whoa. Speaking of streaming, uh, here's a little little deal tip for everybody. Right now, Amazon has a deal on a lot of their premium channels like Stars and Showtime, and it's yep. only 99 cents for two months. So uh, you don't have to be a new subscriber, but if we pick something that's on Stars and you need to sign up, it's only 99 cents. So nice. saw that today. Slick deals for you. Slick All deals, right. Zach. Uh, and Stefan rounds out the listeners. He has Boyhood. He says Richard Linklater reminded uh, this movie, uh, reminded him of Richard Linklater's other movie, Boyhood. Um, School of Rock, Jack Black in a movie for kids and adults, and The Atom Project, Kids in yep. Space, uh, another Netflix movie from this year as well. There you go. Yep, another Netflix uh, movie. This Ryan is Reynolds. our shortest listener segment by, gotta be our shortest listener by segment. By far, ever, yep. 
Yeah, we have four movies and one is a repeat. So we have three listener picks. So one of these three movies is not going to get chosen from the listener's suggestion. Yeah, that's going to be wild. It'll be fun. Um, Uh, Oh, man, and I have to go first. uh, And uh, nothing got pulled off my list. Oh, very fun. That's nice. Um, All right. So the first one I wrote down, because he's going to go to camp, it is summertime. I was talking a lot about um, a certain camp movie this weekend when I was at the cabin and uh, how I used to love it as a kid. Uh, there are two camp movies I really love, um, and I'm going to go with the one starring Christopher Lloyd, and that is Camp Nowhere. Yep, uh, I already on... wrote it down, and that's where you were going. It's yeah, you did. A movie about camp. Yeah. What, what do you think the other one I was talking about was? The other camp uh, movie? The other one is Heavyweights. Yes, it is. Yes, it yes. Is. Very good. All right. Um, Not, both of which I was a little too old for, so they missed me by, like, oh, okay. you know, when I was watching those. I don't think I've seen Camp Nowhere. I think I've seen parts of Heavyweights. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, yeah. Um, all right, next one, I'm going to go. This is one that was uh, on my list, added to my list during this podcast. Uh, this is about somebody who really wants to go to space. It stars uh, frequent Richard Linklater collaborator Ethan Hawke. It is from the yep. 90s. Uh, talked about it earlier. It's Gattaca. Um, yeah, Gattaca's come up a lot. Uh, let's see. What else? What else do I have on my list? Um, let's see. A coming-of-age movie from the 60s. Do I want to go with the one that I want to revisit because I didn't like it or the one I've never seen before? Okay. Which one? Which one should I do? The one or I've both? never seen or the one that I... Uh, uh, the I one know. you've never seen because maybe I've never seen it too. Uh, you have seen it, but that's fine. Oh, it's, yeah. uh, it is George Lucas's movie, American Graffiti. Yes. Coming of age movie about the early 60s, so a little bit before this movie. Um, And uh, let's see, another coming of age movie that neither of us have seen. It is about kids in the space race. And uh, we, I think, I don't actually know. It's Vasta Night. Uh, it takes place in the 50s, okay. I think. And I don't really know exactly. It's like a, like kids in space something. Uh, yep. I'm not quite sure what. It's on Amazon. Uh, so that's four. So if we're doing six, I'm going to keep picking from my list. Um, how about we go with The Last Picture Show? That was the other uh, one I was thinking about. I'm going to take that. Um, I didn't like it when I saw it in high school. I'd like to revisit it. It's about end of an era in the 50s, uh, kids, um, and, you know. A very Linklater-esque feel. It is set in Texas as well. Um, oh, cool. Yep. It's about the closing of a movie theater in Texas, yep. I think, or something like that. Okay. Yep. Um, all right. And I get one more Sorry. pick. I have so <laughs> many. Oh, I have so many to choose from. I'm going to have so many uh, honorable mentions. Um, I will go with the one that I'm sure is on your list as well. I'm just going to take it off. Steven Spielberg's E.T. Nice. So, uh, yes. E.T., the extraterrestrial. Tra- childhood. Yeah. There you go. Uh, if we yeah, if we pick that, we're definitely doing uh, Space Age Childhood for E.T. So, yep. um, um, well, uh, those are all great picks. I'm going to start off with the one that I think was the most obvious connection to this movie. Um, one that came up multiple times in this movie. Um it's one that we've said that we always wanted to do, that it would be, you know, a really great conversation. And that's, uh, we talked about a Steven Spielberg, Stanley Kubrick movie. Let's talk about a Stanley Kubrick, Stanley Kubrick movie, 2001, <laughs> Space Odyssey. Yes. And Arthur C. Clarke as well. Yeah. Uh, and Arthur and C. It, it's kind of, we ha- kind of have an AI ladder between my last pick and your first pick, because we have yes. E.T. in 2001. So Steven yep. Spielberg. And we get a Colin subtitle. That's true. I did wonder, actually, with how much 2001 was in Apollo 10 and a half, if that was uh, intentional, an intentional homage. Yeah, I mean, my, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is him trying to explain uh, 2001 to, like, this dumbfounded kid that is not interested at all. Yeah. So, yeah, I really loved that. Um, 
in in about an half. Um, the next one I'm going to pick is a movie from the 1980s about three kids who decide to try to build a spaceship in their backyard, starring Richard Linklater, collaborator Ethan Hawke, and mm. the River Phoenix. That is Explorers. Well, I never heard of this. Um, yeah, it, I haven't watched it since I was probably eight or nine years old. Um, I would be curious if it holds up. I would be very surprised if it does. But I would also be really interested in revisiting it, and I think it's mm-hmm. a great connection to this because they are all around ten years old, mm-hmm. um, the characters in that film. So uh, next movie, I'm gonna go with. Ooh, uh, I will go with the next logical Apollo movie, and that's gonna be the Apollo 11 documentary from 2018. Um, and then I will also go. So we're just going with, a half step from Apollo. Exactly, we're gonna go a half a ladder step up. Yeah. Um, I also thought about the 20. Uh, I think it came out in 2019 or 2020. Uh, Apollo 18, which is a horror movie. They came out about a failed Apollo mission. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen it. I'd be really interested in. Um, also talked about Stand By Me earlier as far as the um, remembering how great your childhood was bookended by a narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to go with Stand By Me. I think Stand that's a lot well, two on River Phoenix. Um, yeah, Stand I'm By Me instead of Stand yeah. By Me. That could be our, our, our and title. My, yep, there you go. My sixth and final pick um if we're going to talk about the Rich, Richard Linklater progressive self self narrative, I can't not suggest Dazed and Confused as our next movie. So Dazed is going to be my sixth and final pick. Had that on my list as well. Yep. Um, um, also, Rand's included, obviously, uh, Scanner Darkly, uh, Fast Food Nation, The Iron Giant, um, and Waking Life, all Richard Linklater films. The Iron Giant uh, was your ladder off of Apollo 10 and a half when you watched this on your personal ladder? Uh, no, it was before. It was before, okay. It was before, yeah. Um, wait, no, it was after. Yeah, yeah, it was mm-hmm. after. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, what else did, What else do I have on here? Sorry. Uh, the Martian and Apollo 13, I also thought about suggesting. And then, of course, Boyhood. Um, yeah, that's it for Miles Serenz. All right, let me pull up my list. And uh, you took 2001 off of my list. Yep. And I also had the, so I had a lot of movies that showed up on there. I don't think we have any movies that showed up on there. TV, I guess 2001. Yeah, um, but I had The Sound of Music, The Blob uh, that showed up on their TV. Uh, Wizard of Oz also showed up on their TV as well. Um, yeah. I watched Wizard of Oz. Which, I, you know, think I, re- I remember watching Wizard of Oz on TV once a year as well. Um, mm-hmm. So that's timeless. I had Diner um, because uh, I yeah. that's, a, that's another like coming of age period piece but uh, that I haven't seen. Uh, the movie Reminiscence, it's an HBO Max movie. Uh, it's a sci-fi, mm-hmm. really just the idea of like memory. Um, right. And it's made by the people who made Westworld, so there's good gotcha. timeliness to it. Uh, born on the 4th of July, because of the... I don't really know why. I guess the Vietnam stuff, and, like, it's the 4th of July. Right. Um, not a great connection. Yeah. Uh, Prospect, it's a sci-fi movie about parenthood yep. in space. Yep, uh, that was on my... That, that's on been on my watch list forever since I realized it started Pedro Pascal, yep. but haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Uh, and then I had Days of Confused, which you already brought up. Slacker, which I added this um, as we yep. were talking. I added Slacker to my list. And then the other one, which actually would have been a really good connection because Richard Linklater made the remake of this, and that's Bad News Bears. Um, oh, yeah. The original Bad News Bears, just because the yeah. baseball. Um, but I didn't realize I was looking through Linklater that he actually made the 2005 version. So I didn't realize that. Either. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, but right. that's what why we got. don't right. I go back through our list here and we can make up our minds. So we have 
School of Rock, School of Rock, Boyhood, <laughs> The Atom Project, Camp Nowhere, Gattaca, American Graffiti, Vasto Night, The Last Picture Show, E.T. Colin the Extraterrestrial, 2001 colon, A Space Odyssey, Explorers, Apollo 11, Apollo 18, Stand by Me, Dazed or Dazed and Confused, I get to pick first. I like everything that's been suggested this week, um, and maybe part of that is because we had to be really choosy because there were so few picks. Um, it would be silly not to pick School of Rock as the listener pick, um, so I'll go ahead and knock that out and put School of Rock. Um, it makes sense. Nice. Uh, Jack uh, right. Black, Link Later, Kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I so Stefan automatically getting two of his picks picked because yep. uh, just, you know, this is yeah. why you should always write in because you might write in a week when not very many listeners wrote in and then you have a high percentage of one of yours being picked. Exactly. Uh, so I get to pick between a movie that the first time I watched it I didn't like that much and the first time I watched it I did like way more than the average person. I'm going to go with picking the, uh, you know, we're on Netflix. Let's stay on Netflix. Go with the Adam Project. Um, no. <laughs> I like the Adam Project quite a bit. Uh, I hated the Adam Project yeah. so much. Well, okay, <laughs> now, then we might not be picking it. I'm just going to. We gonna might not be it. picking it, but it's it's yeah. fair. It's fair to put it in the finals. It's fair. Um, of your movies, I like everything you've got here. Um, Thanks. The two that I think make sense are either to revisit ET, but I you know I know other podcasts have covered ET recently, oh, but theirs, we can do whatever we want. Um, I haven't seen Vast of Night, and I'm intrigued. Have you? Uh, no. And um, it's on it's on Amazon Prime. It's uh, it got pretty good reviews when it came out in I think 2019 or 2018. Uh, I don't really like, know anything like, about it. Um, how about I read I, you? How about I read you? Yeah, read me the logline for Vast of Night. Yeah. Um, usually I don't like to do this, but do, do the elevator pitch because I know what the elevator pitch of every other one of these movies is except yeah. that one. Um. So, oh come on. Why didn't Obviously, Gattaca is a classic. American Graffiti is. is a classic. Last picture show I really loved, um, but I don't think you'll like it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't like it. I saw it in high school and I didn't like it. But oh, I, yeah. I just remember a bunch of like naked people swimming at a pool. It's like the only thing Fair. I remember from that movie. Fair. Uh, Letterbox is taking forever to load this. Hang on. It, okay. it is coming. Uh, it is directed by Andrew Patterson. It's from 2019. And for whatever reason, Bastard Knight does not want to come up for me. Uh, I guess this is this well, is the universe telling us. That. This is the universe e. telling the us. The extraterrestrial that... is my pick from your list. Right. E. Oh, here! As e. soon as you said that, Vasta Knight came up. At the dawn of the space race, two radio-obsessed teens discover a strange frequency over the airwaves in what becomes the most important night of their lives in the history of their small town. Ooh. So, uh, dawn of the space race. Stay with the space race. Two radio-obsessed teens. Is there enough there there with ET? Um, with ET? I mean, ET's got a ton of connection. I think ET has a great has a great connection. I want to stick with ET. I haven't revisited ET in forever. I'm going to stick with ET from your list. All right. I think uh, ET is great. And cool. All right. Well, let's see. So I got 2001: A Space Odyssey, one of my top four movies. Uh, Explorers, fantastic. Two different Apollos, Stand by Me. But I do have to pick Dazed and Confused because it's a great connection. It's one that I didn't like, and I'd like to revisit. I actually have it on my secret movie ladder wish list uh, list. Mm-hmm. So I can't not pick a movie that's on my my on, you have ladder. a secret ladder list for like it's a, a secret, it's a secret wish list of movies I want to cover on the podcast. Uh, and Dazed and Confused is one of them. Yes. 
Uh, it's a, and if anybody else wants to do this, you can just make a private list on Letterboxd. That way Brendan can't see what's on my list. Uh, but there are certain movies that we always say like, oh, we should cover this on the podcast. And then I actually put yeah. them on this list. So that then Minority uh, Report is probably on there, right? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, is, so don't does does Megan the Librarian have access to this list? That's no, it's a private list on Letterbox. The only person who has okay. access to it is me. Okay, okay. Yeah. fine. And nobody has access. Um, to it. Okay, so for me then, I think it's between Dazed and ET. Um. Yeah, that's fine. We can get rid of the Adam Project, even though I think it could be interesting because I like that movie so much and you hate it. But I just really also did, people. I mean, it's, yeah, if I it had been a year since I saw it, I might. Be more yeah. into two Netflix it, 2022 movies is kind of a lot. Um, it's a lot, and I mean, you know. All right, so let's take a look at these movies and see what's... Two movies that I think are instant classics, and School of Rock, which I haven't revisited in, you know, I, since it came out. Um, I'd so, be curious. Yeah, the nice thing about E.T. is I don't think we're going to have a lack of, of feedback, even if people don't get around to watching it, because everybody's seen E.T. Uh, right. Dazed and Confused, probably the same thing with Dazed and Confused. Dazed um, also would be fun because I did just read that book. And it's the summertime. And, and so it's kinda, summer. Yeah. I mean, E.T. is also summer. Well, no, E.T. is a fall movie because it takes place. E.T. is a fall. Yeah, it's Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we could save E.T., to be honest. I think we'll yeah. get there. Um, I mean, I think if you say, are we going to watch Dazed and Confused? I would say, all right, all right, all right. Um, I think yeah. I would say it'd be a lot cooler if we did. Yeah. Uh, so it is on Peacock <laughs> Premium. Um, so, yeah, you're probably going to have to. I mean, I don't know. You can watch it on there if you if you don't mind watching it with commercials, I guess. If you've seen it before, you can do that. Um, if we did want to pick E.T., that's on the Roku channel only. Um, yeah. So it's not like that's And that's streamable. with commercials, too. So yeah. No. And School of Rock also. Oh, so School of Rock's not streamable anywhere. That can't be right. Oh, oh no. Jim said, it's on, Jim said it's on YouTube uh, for free. Uh, that's probably why it's on YouTube. Yeah. I, I don't really I don't want know. to watch I think it on weird. YouTube. No offense to Jim. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's a fine. I'm cut, sure it's yeah, fine, but uh, no, I think Dazed and Confused, like, it's, like uh, really great. yeah, we can go from Richard Linklater as a kid to Richard Linklater as a high schooler, and then maybe we go to Richard Linklater as a college, a college student. student. Maybe yeah. so. Should our title connection for well, let's not spoil it. Mm-hmm. Title connections for next week could be like Richard Linklater graduates. Oh, could be, yeah, like Donna Martin graduates. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we're all getting right. uh. Yes, we're getting a whole cast of characters and uh, tons of ways for the ladder to go next week based on all the actors who are in this movie. Like, uh, Richard Linklater's Dazed and Confused will be our pick for next week. Catch it on Peacock Premium, maybe with commercials. I, I never understand. I never um, understand Peacock Premium. I think you have our... to have, like, there's Peacock Premium, then there's Peacock Premium, no commercials. And Weird. so That's I get Peacock bad. Premium, but I don't get Peacock Premium, no commercials. Yeah. So, no. all right. Uh, that'll be fun. Days are confused. Um, yes. I, I think know, it's a movie I've brought up several times. And I'm glad we're finally getting to it. I mean, so. there is a chance we could do this one in person. We can talk about Good this. Point. And see, because I will be there next Wednesday night. Um, great point. So if we want to go a week from now, I don't know, we got to figure out the technology. But well, could, we, we can talk about that offline. That's a fun way to do it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, probably recording Tuesday, but maybe recording later in the week. So get that feedback in at Ladder Movie. And the movie letter at gmail.com for dazed and confused, crossing one off my secret list. Very excited to do that and see if I like this movie better than I did the last time. Yeah. So, uh, all right, Brendan, uh, what do you have coming up this week? 
What are you looking uh, for? Thor Love and Thunder weekend, baby. I'm so yeah, excited for Thor Love and Thunder. It's one of my most anticipated movies of the year. Uh, going to see it with our friend Anthony on Saturday afternoon. Anthony? So very, yeah, exactly. So very excited for that. Um, Sunday, I'll be recording a podcast with Post Show Recaps. Um, Josh is out of the country, so I'll be joining Mike Bloom and the man behind the curtain to do a bonus lost episode. Uh, can't tell you guys what it's about just yet because it's still a little far out. It's also, on your secret letterbox list. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's on my own secret TV box list. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited for that. Um, and then the finale of Star Trek Picard, or not Star Trek Picard, Star Trek Strange New Worlds is tomorrow night as well. So really excited for that. So those are my three big things this week. Nice. Uh, I am going to Thor Love and Thunder tomorrow. Uh, nice. Between work and soccer, my traditional uh, work and yeah. between work and soccer movie when I have the time that I can do it. And I can perfectly squeeze at a showing for that because it's a little bit shorter. Yeah. Uh, but the it, thing I'm going to be watching right after we get off this podcast, I said before we started recording, I said, Brendan, you're going to be excited about the movie I'm watching next. Oh. Uh, I am up to 1996 in my year movie. Uh, every year, every week, mm-hmm. I have to do a, a movie from a different year consecutively, going from 1970 to 2022. And 1996, I was looking through the movies from 1996, and there is a space-related movie from 1996 with a sprawling cast that I know Brendan likes and has come up on this podcast a lot. Do you want to try to figure out what it is? Uh, space-related, sprawling cast. Um, you saw Event Horizon pretty recently, right? Uh, it's, yeah, it's not, it has to be something okay. I've never seen. It's not Event Horizon. Oh, okay, okay. Um, um, it is a director whose movies we've done on this podcast, uh, notably like towards the end of last year, where we did a lot of his movies. Um, Why is nothing coming to mind? It's you're you're killing me here, Smalls. Uh, it's pretty funny. I think it's supposed to be kind of satirical. oh, Galaxy Quest. No, uh, close. That's a good. That's another one that's come up a lot. It's uh, Galaxy Quest is great. Um. Jack Nicholson and Mars uh, Attacks. Mars Attacks, yes. There you go. Mars yeah, you brought watch... it up several times wanting to watch Mars Attacks. So True. Yes. I'm glad you're knocking it off your uh, personal. Uh, I'm going to watch Mars Attacks watch tonight. Uh, Fantastic. So... That's yeah. fun. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, all right. And then we are both going to be watching Days and Confused at some point yes. over the next week and either coming to you via Skype or coming to you via us sitting in Brendan's apartment uh, talking about the movie. But. <laughs> Uh, either way, get in that feedback at LadderMovie and the movieladdergmail.com. You know, these podcast numbers keep going up. Uh, we, we, keep don't going, stay, we, we don't stay yeah. the same age. No, Our exactly. listeners stay the same. Nope, no, none of though. us stay the same age with the podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, there's, there's no tie to that. Uh, oh, but my Lord. We're watching oh. Days and Confused next week, and we'll see you back here for that. All right, all right. Jack Moulton says, must be nice to live as Richard Linklater, where it is perpetually <laughs> July. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, or or late May, early June, as we'll find out next next week. Yeah. Uh, one less helper 
when Stan was talking about the deeper meaning of 2001 to anyone he gets to talk to, I was just like, shit, he's just like me. Yep. Been there, dude. Yeah. Been there. Uh, I think both that guy and the kid that ran away. Oh <laughs> both those <Yeah>. people. <laughs> Maybe he should make a movie where it's just uh, people sitting at a video store talking like clerks. I mean... Yeah. It's not too far from Slacker, but sure. Oh, maybe. Yeah, someday I'll find <laughs> out. Uh, and then uh, Alore says, uh, new comfort film alert. Siren emoji. Thank oh, wow. you, Richard Linklater. He is a very comforting filmmaker, I find. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. 